Hey, everybody. Welcome to the I Can't Help You podcast, the podcast formerly known as the Wise Guy podcast, of which there will only now be two vintage episodes with Lee McCormick and Bruce Tift. You can find those on pod, on not on podcast. We're going to find them, Justin. On SoundCloud. Sound. Wise Guy SoundCloud. Yep. So there's only two of those. But we changed the name of that podcast to the I Can't Help You podcast. And a lot of people said, well, why would you do that? Why would you change the name to something like that when presumably, Danny, you have spent your entire life trying to help people, right? Um, that is because after a long career and commitment to helping people, I have come to the very unattractive conclusion that I can't help anybody. And uh, and I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. Lauren and May are in the studio here today as well as Justin. And Lauren just laughed when I said that because she's one of the people I'm presumably supposed to help. But, um, but in reality, <laughs> in reality, nobody can help another person change, uh, become something, do something, because they already are who they are. And if, they, if anybody wants to change anything, there's a decision that has to happen within them. And people can lead them there. People can give advice, but, you know, well, part of how this came up too, I was with a group of professionals last week at a wonderful workshop in Park City, Utah, and the whole concept here was a bunch of therapists and people doing their own work, kind of like they all help people, they're all in the helping professional professions, you know, wilderness therapists, therapist therapists, uh, you know, and people who, you know, basically work with other people's children and families for a living. And to the person, almost everybody gets to this point of being kind of burnt out, right? This concept of like, you know, when you first start in a career of helping people, it's so exciting because you get this feedback from people like, oh my God, you saved my kid's life, you know? Who doesn't want to hear that, you know? Like firemen like hearing that stuff. So do therapists, so do other people. And so, you know, when I started my career, I felt like when people would say things to me like, oh my God, you helped me so much. It was like a drug. It was like a drug of like, yes, I did help you. And that's so great. And I'm so happy that I could do that. And I want to do more of that. And I want to start a program where we help people. And I want to help as many people as I can. And that's cool. There's like nothing wrong with that intention, right? Like it's a beautiful intention. It's better than the intention of, you know, I want to set tires on fire, you know, and, you know, create havoc for all human beings. But the reality of the situation is that if you're going to say, I save people's lives, if you're going to say, I save people's lives, I am responsible, I helped you, just then you have to accept also if somebody dies or kills themselves or overdoses on drugs, you kill them. If you can save them, you can kill them. And both are a fallacy. So I think that's where burnout comes from, from helping professionals, right? But so you need to remain in this kind of a neutral space. So do I want to help people? Of course I do, but I can't. I can't. What I can do is I can create environments. I can create situations where people have a better opportunity than they otherwise would to help themselves to see themselves in a different light. So that's kind of the spirit of this show. So we'll be talking about that. We're, we're going to entertain a lot of questions. We have a few questions to get to today. 
Um, want to introduce the people who are in here right now. Justin, who's who's at the at the desk over here. Justin, say hi to everybody, man. Hello, everybody. How are you feeling about the new show, Justin? I'm feeling good about the new show. Looking forward to diving in. Yeah. I don't know if everybody heard Justin's awesome intro music. Well, of course you did if you're listening to the show. That intro music is sweet. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, absolutely. Where can we find more of your music, Justin? Um, let's see. You can find my music on uh, Bandcamp. If you search Magic Degree Recordings, that's my little small... Uh, grassroots label. I have a SoundCloud at J L Kane K A N E. Awesome, awesome. Want to hear more of that? So, okay. So, getting right to it here. Do we have any questions from Lauren? Lauren, give me a question or two. What are you thinking about? Introducer. Well, first of all, Lauren's here in the studio. Say hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> and May's here in the studio too. Hello, everybody. May's here to just keep me in check. <laughs> check. It's got the leash on. Uh, anyway, um, any questions that you guys have before we get to some of our listeners' questions from Facebook? Hmm. Nothing? So, in reality, I've tried to help a lot of different people, and a lot of people, I think, have made a choice to help themselves. I'm super fortunate. I've been able to have a career working with people who want to make a difference in their own life. And my conclusion is that I can't help you but I can perhaps lead you to a place where you can help yourself. So that's the spirit of the show. That's why the title is what it is. So we'll be entertaining questions from people. We're going to ask a lot of random people uh, to, to ask questions. Um, and we just want to have a dialogue around these kinds of issues. You know. So anyway, so welcome. And then our first question for today comes from a listener on the East Coast who said, can people really change? Can people really change? Right? It's a good question. You know, because people, when they do go through transformation sometimes, uh, people say, oh my God, they've changed. Uh, my own bias with that is whatever changed, quote unquote, is usually maladaptive behavior patterns that didn't suit them to begin with, which I would argue actually weren't them. Right? So uh, this is especially true, I find, with substance use disorders and addiction that people, com they start to act in very, very different ways because they're addicted to substances. And that starts to appear as who they are because that behavior goes on over a long period of time. They can damage relationships. They became somebody different than they were in the sandbox when they were a kid. Their families look at them and go, oh my God, what the hell happened? But in reality, those, those behavior patterns are maladapted and they're more like masks. I look at them like costumes and masks and stuff. So when we see somebody who changes, my opinion is that they actually have carved away at the parts of themselves that are not themselves and therefore become more who they are. So I think it's actually the opposite. The word is change. What do you think, Justin? I think people can absolutely change themselves. You know, Outside of uh, substance abuse or, or issues like that that are these kind of masks that you're talking about, I think there are a lot of things that become programmed in us from the time that we were children, family patterns, things like that, that um, you might not even know could be holding you back until later in life. And you have to chip away at that stuff um, in your own way. And I think with time and work, you, you can change those things. I think that is that is real change that you can make happen in yourself that can be really important. Yeah, that makes sense. Putting in that self-work. I also think a lot of times it's this, the concept of self-acceptance can look like change, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, 
What do you think, Lauren? You got something to say here. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is really about um, trying to change. It's, I think it's really about changing your, um, your thought process and how you really react to things. Um, and I think something that's really difficult is wanting to, is this idea of like wanting to change other people. Mm. Um, I mean, I think, I think a lot of it is, um, I mean, I can tell someone like, I don't know, to stop doing something until I'm blue in the face. Um, but really it's about the other person hearing it and then kind of deciding for themselves to finally hear it and then try and really change their thought process and um, change. But I mean, I think change is kind of a loaded. Right. Word. Yeah. Right. Because like we don't we don't go from human to dog. Yeah. That would be a, that would be a real change. I mean, behavior changes, Justin. Right. Like behavior yeah. can change. There's there's a change that we see in affect. But I'm kind of talking like the soul, like the person who's underneath there, that part that doesn't change. Some people call that the inner child. I just don't like that concept because I feel like we're still who we were. I don't feel like my inner child's separate from who I actually am. But, but change, I don't know. Fundamentally, I think we're born as who we are. And then mm-hmm. we yeah, get fucked up. I would up. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, behavioral change... And pattern change is kind of what I'm referring to. And I, I think those things can be really huge in the way that you operate in your day-to-day life, in your relationships, um, in the way that you might feel like you're productive, or even in the way that you feel about yourself as a person, accepting yourself or um, you know, not, not talking down to yourself but feeling good about yourself. These are all like pattern and, and thought awareness type changes. But but yeah, I wouldn't say it's it it's ever changed the the person that I I am or the person that someone else is. I I agree. Yeah, yeah. Justin's so wise too, right? Yeah. This is why I adopted. <laughs> that's why I adopt millennials on a regular basis because <laughs> they have this con- this way of looking at. By the way, well, that's gonna be a whole other topic sometime. Like how millennials get dissed. We need to talk about that. <laughs> that's a whole other show. But we gotta. I think that would be a good topic for a future show. I totally agree with you. Um, I liken this oftentimes people who have worked with me know that I love the metaphor of um, as David was Michelangelo created David, you know, he was asked the question, oh, my God, how'd you do that? Have you ever seen it? You say David, I say David. You say David, I say David. Anyway, you know, it's that it's uh, it's pretty popular. It's a sculpt and it's named David, 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 whatever. Yeah. And. You know, they were asking him, like, how did you do this? How did you do this? And, you know, um, and he said, I just kept chiseling away all the parts that were not David nice. until David That's appeared. Yeah. I love that metaphor for self, for, 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 for personal work, you know, yeah, that rather than you need to become somebody who you're not or put on some facade. No, it's more about shed skin, get rid of the crap that's not you so you can emerge. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. And it can be daunting if you're trying to change your own behaviors and you're, you're feeling like it's impossible. And so if you look at it like you are who you're with and you are what you do, you can change those two things and it has a huge impact. Yeah. Your habits, like you were saying, Justin, mm-hmm. behaviors and habits change and then yeah. who you put yourself around. It's like a soup. Whatever you're in, you become. Whoever right, you're around, we you have either to rise or yeah, exactly. To some degree, we're always adapting to our environment. And if your if your environment is a bunch of 
you know, shady people that have a bad attitude, you're, yes. if, if those are your friends, you have to relate to them in, in some way and you're going to adapt to those personalities. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. We hit, we, we, we hit it on change. Uh, there was another question that came in from a, another really good friend. All back east. All the questions are coming from back east. Probably because they were awake this morning when I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got the um, edge. But uh, the question exactly was, um, why do the people I love so much stress me out the most? Mm-hmm. Why do the people I love the most stress me out the most? It kind of is a question that answers your question at the same time. Right. That's what I was thinking. My first initial thing was, well, because they're your parents. Uh, yeah. That was my first, my very <laughs> first, kids. yeah, or your kids, mm-hmm. the people you live with. Family. I think it kind of ties into what Lauren was saying a second ago in that we have a desire sometimes to change people that it's mm-hmm. kind of inherent in our culture, mm-hmm. right? It's like this idea that like in all of these kind of unspoken things, right? Like, well, if you knew me, you would not leave the dishes in the sink and leave that there. You would have walked the dogs for me on my behalf. You would have woken me up knowing that I had overslept, right? Like whatever the kinds of things are, there's like a, when when you're really close to somebody, your expectations go up. And your feelings get hurt. Really bad, right? Mm -hmm. Not that we'd know anything about that. Yeah. No. Um, Yeah, like I think what you're saying is placing responsibility that should be on you on someone else, which Mm -hmm. is definitely not healthy. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really complex question. It could, it could be, it depends on the relationship, of course, but, um, you know, I think sometimes people hold themselves to a really high standard and they would hold people that are close to them and their loved ones to that high standard as well. Yeah. And, and that may not be realistic, you know, um, one, I think one tool that I've found useful for my really close relationships is to treat, um, my lover or my family like they were like they were my friend because sometimes you would say things to your family or to your partner that you wouldn't say to just someone who's a good friend because you would hold back a little bit you wouldn't I don't know it can be a little sometimes you can almost be a little too close to someone and you might say you might you might be a little too extreme yeah so I think treating someone like they're your friend um even though they might be even much deeper than just your average friend, can yeah. be a useful tool to think about how you want to interact with them. I agree. And the closer you are to someone, the more your feelings can be hurt mm-hmm. or the more feelings in general you will have because you're close to that person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like in general, we have a very false assumption about relationships where, whereby if we are close and if you love me, you won't hurt me as much. Like, that's actually ridiculous. It's kind of the opposite, isn't it? Totally. And and, and that's kind of the answer to this question is like, because people are close to you, you will feel more hurt by them. You'll also hopefully feel more joy with them. Absolutely. And more intimacy. Yeah, more of everything. But that's just part of the deal. That's part of the soup. I'm not going to feel anything if Joe Schmo uh, walking down the street is like, gives me a dirty look or says something to me. I'm just going to be like, who are you? Right. You it know? just passes really quick. Yeah, yeah. Then you just look at your reflection in the mirror and you're like, no, I'm a badass. Forget Joe Schmo. Exactly. <laughs> right. But if my dad was like, you suck, I'd be like, wait, why did my dad say that? My right. My dad just told me I sucked. Right. Yeah. Even if your dad does suck himself, you end up feeling that way because it's a relationship that's really important. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Anything else on this one, guys? We like that. We like that? All right. So the, the last question uh, that that came up was 
something along the lines of, I'm trying to find it right now here, actually. Okay. Um, so the, the next question is not really a question. It was more of an experience out of that workshop. And I heard somebody say something last week that I was really struck with. I'm curious what you all think about it also. Mm -hmm. The statement was basically, love is not something you receive. Love is only something you can give. Wait, where did this come from? This came from this workshop last week. So in other words, so like if you say like, I'm really in love with this person, you know, in reality, it's really, you can only love on that person. You can't, if, receive. well, you can receive it, but, but, but if you need to be loved by them, it's okay. We all need to be loved, but we, we confuse needs with love. They're two, they're two really separate things. Love is just something that's unconditional that... That you can only give. You can only give. You know, exactly. and, and, and you can be. Like so you you're can, feeling mirror neurons when you think you're receiving love from someone else? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, or somebody will say, I really need this from my partner because I love them so much. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, your needs are separate from love. This idea that you need it, and it because then it sets up a really false equation, which is that if you disappoint me, you don't love me. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. like love actually has nothing to do with it. Like you can love somebody, you can absolutely love somebody and be super disappointing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, it's, right? I can see that perspective. I, I didn't really understand at first, but when you framed it a little more, yeah, I can see what you mean. I think it's really crucial to, to have independence in your relationship and if you you should be able to to take care of your own needs if you need food or water or money or shelter i think you should be able to provide those things for yourself even though you might be working together to provide them right um it that's it's kind of like what we were saying before about putting too much expectation on your your loved ones or people in your life um it can be a little untrue or um, too much, I think. I do too. And I think it becomes really confusing um, in the parent-child relationship because mm -hmm. as a parent, you'll hear parents say things like, it's such a thankless job. Or it's like, well, what did you think it was going to be exactly? Like right. you're going to get a medal for like driving your kid to soccer or something like that? Yeah. Like there's no way kids can show appreciation. Well, you do get a medal. Everybody does. Everybody gets a medal. Wait, you get a yeah. medal? You get yeah. a medal for that. soccer, no matter what you do. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. in soccer? Wait, our the son parents Quinlan get put a medal? On, our son Quinlan yeah. put on all of his medals from all of his teams yesterday. He <laughs> took a picture of us and he said, not a millennial. Like, you know, yeah. Participation awards. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> no, but the, 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 this idea, you know, like that you, that people people walk around disappointed, I think, because they're base, we're, we base what we do like on deeds. Like we look at it like, if we mm -hmm. do these things, we get something back. If I treat mm -hmm. someone in a certain way, they'll treat me back in a certain way. Like there's these equations that are unspoken, right. but, but, but aren't really true necessarily. No, it's not true. Right? And then, and then we get hurt. We get frustrated. We get demoralized because it's really like we're trying to control people by the shit mm -hmm. that we're doing. Like we think I'm going to control you because I'm doing it in this way. My kid's going to act a certain way because I was five minutes early to pick them up and I had a snack for them in the car and they get mm -hmm. in the car and they're like, I hate chocolate chips. Why did you get that for me? Yeah. Like, they had a bad day and they, they don't care. They don't yeah. see it the same way that you might. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Or, or your lover might not see it or whatever. I'll tell you who does see it and doesn't disappoint most of the time. Dogs. 
Dogs. That's why you keep buying them. That's why I keep buying them. <laughs> My St. Bernard don't give it. He's out. He's in the truck right now, like waiting for me to come back. And then he's like, boss, where are we going next? Like right. there's no, give him a treat. He's totally happy. He doesn't talk back. He doesn't mm. disappoint me. But love is supposed to be unconditional. Yeah. Or love is unconditional. Right. And then the rest is kind of a business deal is what you're saying. Kind of. I'm saying like, yeah, we have all of this, uh, this expectation around love. And, and we're getting it, perhaps we're getting it wrong, which is like, but I love you so much. And you, and then all this, other stuff, no, you love them, period. You love the situation. You love who that person is. You, you, that, that's it. There is nothing else. I don't know if love is unconditional. Is that true? I I'm think, not so sure that's true. Well, the premise is, your premise was you can only give love. And mm -hmm. you don't really receive it. It was not. Is that what you started with? Yeah, I'll have to clarify with what okay. the guy said. But it was it was more along the lines of like, don't confuse needs with love. Okay. Yeah. That, that, I, don't confuse that needs with sense. love. I definitely I definitely agree. That's they're different. Yeah. yeah. But they get confused often and in most relationships. Yes. Because and there's expectations and you do something and then you expect something. And a lot of times that's unspoken yeah. because people feel insecure about that. They don't want to put it out there in a clear way because they don't want to be disappointed. Yep. So they'd rather just kind of do stuff with hidden expectations. Yeah. And that's kind of the landmines that get set up in a lot of relationships. Exactly mm -hmm. right. And it's it's actually a manipulative equation. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not, manipulative is a tough word. I think we're, we're raised this way. We think this yeah. way. Society pro promotes it. So, you know, it's not like there's evil intent behind it. But it's, it's, it's more basically... Un more unconscious. It's more unconscious. Yeah. It's like, if I, I'm going to show you, I brought you flowers, there's an equation Mm -hmm. There's an equation. Well, like, even right? in the diamond commercials, like every diamond right. commercial is like, the guy's going to give a diamond and spend a lot of money and right. the woman's going to have sex with him for the rest of her life. Exactly. Whenever he wants to have sex. Exactly. Yeah. Because of a diamond. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The same with the flowers. It's like, you think, it's it's like, uh, yeah, you, you give someone that and you're like waiting, like, right. what yeah. are you going to say? What right. do you yeah. think? Like, are you impressed? Right. You know. Did you uh, get my flowers? Yeah. You didn't thank me for the flowers. And this, this podcast is brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. Conroy Flores, actually. Our number one sponsor. Since the beginning. Since Wise Guy. Since Wise Guy. You know, Wise Guy's OG. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a while, you know, it's looking back. Yeah. yeah. It was a good time. We might bring it back. Lives. We might bring back, like, a, a, a celebratory show at some point. Yeah. Bring back little, all of our guests, you know, both of them. Yeah. All two of them. Right. We'll have a Fly Wise Guy recap. Them. Right. Yeah. Right. Wise Guy reunion. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> the Wise Guy Reunion Show. All right. Well, this is our first of, this is our very, very first I Can't Help You show. We've just been riffing here in the studio. Um, obviously, we will have more structure in further shows, but wanted to kind of explain it to people, give a taste of what we're going to be talking about. We really appreciate you listening. Um, all of my podcasts are brought to you by Made Life. MadeLife.com is where you can learn more about Made Life. We have a studio down here. We have creative accelerator programs. Justin at the board will always help you out down here. And we've got some great things going on this summer. Check out our schedules. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next week on next Friday. <laughs>